You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Intercepted. For Acme Packing Company, I'm Justice Mosqueda. Usually, we join, or uh, we are joined by a fan of an enemy team, but instead, I'm joined by uh, my brother Charles McDonald from uh, Undefined. How are, how are we doing this? Charles? Undefined, Undefined. Uh, when is this coming out? Out? This when is coming out on out? Friday. Okay, yeah, definitely Undefined. Then uh, I will be able to announce my new. Place on Monday. I was previously entered the Underdog Fantasy. Uh, for people who have been asking me, yes, the exempt list will be coming back at my next stop. Uh, we we'll give more information about that next week. But uh, yeah, that's all I can say right now. I asked if I could announce it like before the weekend, and they said no. We want to do it all on Monday because there's another new hire coming too. So uh, yeah, Monday we can find out why working backs. So Ch- Chuck's unemployed currently yeah and he's a big justin fields fan so i i had to hear from him himself i made him watch the game he's gonna you know wear the hat of being a chicago bears fan for this episode at the very least wow. i think we're gonna go 20 minutes 20 minutes probably uh first half of this podcast we're gonna talk about packers bears and then the second half we'll probably uh just talk about generally what we saw week one of the nfl kind of how expectations change things like that chuck you watched the film you didn't get all the way through it how how far did you? Dude, make it, it? Was, it was it. I made it to like the third quarter, I think. Okay. But like it was it was it was just it was garbage because see the, my thing is when I'm watching the game and I can see like when someone gets tackled like literally just puddles of, of water come up on the field or or not even, not even tackled like just some, just literally running around you can see like how much water is in the field I don't know it it, it just kind of felt like if I wasn't doing this podcast I would not have watched that game. That, that that's that's what i'll say because i tend to look at this like especially a game like this first game of the season this is trey lance's like first start it's like the bona fide quarterback of the 49ers uh justin fields first start uh the new offensive coordinator new coaching staff i don't know with those weather conditions i personally would not take too much away from the game um but i think for, like from what i did watch it was. It, I was kind of surprised that the Bears ended up winning that game because I don't think that like they proved that they were the team. It's just kind of like, oh man, these are really sloppy conditions. I know Debo Samuel had to fumble like his first carry uh, of the game. Uh, there was there was like a weird broken play where Justin Fields had to throw back. Uh, he's wearing two gloves on the ball. And, you know, it's just, it's just it was just kind of a weird game. So I wouldn't really put too much stock in like really what either performance did. I'm still kind of leaning on what we were thinking about these teams preseason. And as far as the Bears go, you know, this should be a matchup that the Packers defensive line should be able to win. Um, I think there were, there were a good amount of reps where the 49ers defensive line, where their talent showed out. But I also think like at times that's not an environment that can be like conducive to being a great pass rusher, because if you're trying to get up field and plant and stuff like that, and there's literally like puddles of water all over the field, you're not going to get like the clean reps that you're trying to, 
to see when you're trying to evaluate, okay, well, how will this affect my team when we play them next week? Um, I, I would say if I'm a Packers fan, we should still definitely expect to have the upper hand in the trenches against the Bears. And as far as Justin Fields goes, I think it's a wild card. Uh, I, I thought I thought one thing that was interesting for the Bears is they, like, when they were calling their plays, it, it kind of seemed like they did, like, a lot of window dressing in terms of formation and motions. But just to get into the same run plays, like you're running like inside zone, you're running stuff that's like in between the in between the tackle, hitting like that B gap, but you know hitting basically the A and the B gap, and it, it, it it's funny because it looks like they're trying to do a whole bunch of different stuff with the formations and the motions, but when they actually snap the ball, you're just running inside zone. So I think with the Bears, they're still trying to find their identity, and I don't know how you do that with a game that was that messy. It was definitely a sight to see. Um... The, the end of game looks from like the stadium, people taking photos from the stadium and just the shots of the sideline. Like they didn't even paint really like the white, the white lines on the sideline. Like it was just a thin white line. It wasn't the big, you know, oh, yeah. five yard white line that you expect to see. And it looked all like Jag. It, it looked like what, like a Van Gogh port, like Van Gogh painted like a uh, NFL field or something like that. It looked very weird um, to your point. I mean, if you haven't, if, if you're listening to this and you didn't see the conditions, I mean, the end of the game, they basically used the field as a water slide. And yeah. my, my, my response was like, did they change the surface? And everyone's like, yeah, they, they got new grass. And I was like, that's grass. That's still grass. I thought that was, I assumed that would have been turf. If you're able to, I thought it was turf too. Yeah. So I didn't realize that. Um, and then even, you know, you were talking about like in uh, kind of the rhythm of the game and stuff like that, like, Trey Lance has it, he's a long strider when he's dropping back. And there were times like you watch him in the fourth quarter, he's under center, he's striding back there, dropping back to pass, and you could see him kick up water. Like it's yeah. like she literally of can't water get his foot off the yeah. ground. It's crazy. It, it looked like, you know, one of those old like Gatorade commercials where like the sweat off of Michael Jordan's like purple or like lime green or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it just like overemphasizes how wet everything is. That's what like the surface of the playing field was in the game it was it was nasty and i think justin fields to your point the fact that he's a scrambling quarterback i think really did help them because i everyone always points to kind of you know hey it's hard to move offense when you know weather is all weird but like if you can get if you can get to the perimeters of the defense those defensive guys are having to cut and they're moving they're changing from going backwards to forwards like it impacts them almost more than it does the offense maybe the offense is willing to take less risks from a play calling perspective, but I always felt like defenses are always actually the ones that kind of brunt the cost of playing on bad surfaces. Yeah. You know, I thought, I thought one one part that I thought was interesting, like from seeing the narratives, you know, there are people, cause I I think a a lot of people that I, I, I think are smart were just like, eh, throw the game out the window. It's not really much you can leave in an environment like this, but you know, there are people who were like, uh, well, it wasn't raining the whole game. Yeah, it wasn't raining the whole game. But if you go back and actually watch the game, there's it, at, at no point does the game ever stop like being played in a swamp. Like when you're when you're running and you can splash up the ground in front of you, that's 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 not normal. Uh, the Bears you know, literally I, got a penalty on special teams because their holder tried to dry off the ground. Yeah, yeah, with a towel. <laughs> like, yeah, it was it, not it a normal was, football game. It was a total mess. Um. But, you know, I, I think even with that, like, you still see some of, like, the playmaking stuff that Justin Fields does. Uh, the interception that he threw to Hafanga, 
terrible. Terrible. Just right terrible. down the middle, throws it to terrible. the rookie safety. Packers might, uh, if you're a Packers fan, you might remember Hufanga because he had a big uh, light-up hit in the preseason on one of the Packers down the middle of the field. He's he's pretty fun. I mean, maybe the Packers will end up seeing them in uh, the playoffs or something like that. But Justin Fields, I mean, as much as they they win, so you want to build up the young quarterback, but he still definitely was making a couple mental mistakes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A uh, couple mental mistakes, but <clears throat> even with, like, the interception was bad, but I thought, like, in the second half at least, it was just like, okay, we can figure out how to make some plays in the monsoon, and maybe that can be something that translates. I Although I, I will say, like, if you're looking for stuff that translates to, like, what we're game playing for the next week, I don't think there was a whole much that translates like a normal game maybe outside of like what the bears do in running game because pass game wise i think on both sides there was just a lot of uh you know literally figuratively stuck in the mud um yeah you know you're you're not really getting like the cleanest looks but you know both teams were still able to make some big plays there's one play in uh in the first half where brandon Ayuk came over on a crosser and this was kind of like the Packers saw, had troubles with this week one with Justin Jefferson, but this was kind of like one of those peak week one plays where we're, we're still rusty and trying to figure things out. They had Brandon Ayuk coming over our roster, and you had two Bears defenders basically like meet each other, trying to cover him and like run into each other and get confused, and he's wide open for a crosser. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see like if Green Bay can capitalize on off that because you know that is a pretty young secondary for Chicago. I do like Jaquan Brisker. Uh, I, I wrote that down. Uh, I was like, he's one of the guys who's looking really good, really early. Dude, That's he, he's good. He he looks good. Uh, Brisker looks good. I don't know about Kyler Gordon yet, but like <clears throat> Jalen Johnson, Brisker, Gordon. That's a pretty young secondary. So maybe Aaron Rodgers can take advantage. Yeah, hopefully they can pass off coverages and stuff like that. Because I mean, I said Dan Quinn ha- special. Have you have you watched? <clears throat> uh, Okay, so you've seen the the uh, obviously you've seen the highlight plays Justin Jefferson put up this past week. I watched I watched I watched the the Packers Vikings game. Okay, you did. So the big post down the middle uh, off a of play action, right? Kirk Cousins opens the wrong way to a running back, or the running back opens the wrong way. Who knows? Scrambles up in the pocket really quick. Justin Jefferson actually stops running, <laughs> stops running because he thinks the play is dead. Has to catch up mm-hmm. to the ball. It's a post between quarters right? That's not a play that should be able to be made. Um, Adrian right. Amos was just lost on that play and Savage took a, you know, uh, Jefferson took an outside jab before he ran the post. So he kind of got caught up in that. And then the second big one, the wide open uh, play that he ran up the sideline for a touchdown was just, uh, they were in cover three, you know, Jair thought that they were going to pass over the crossers. They both ran crossers. Um, and, you know, Douglas just didn't pick it up. He stuck on his crosser, so we ended up two on one, one on zero. That was a touchdown. There's a lot of people who want to can Joe Barry already. Did you see anything <laughs> in that game that's like, yeah, you should fire that guy? Or it's just like, yeah. No, it, it was just, I, I don't know. It was kind of like week one mistakes. And I, I think for I think for a team like the Packers who just like does not play guys in the preseason, maybe that can the Vikings be little, didn't either. I know the Vikings didn't either. Vikings I, didn't either. I, know, I know that was about to be the rebuttal, but I, I don't know. I think, you know, on the back end, that could be kind of tough when you're – but it's not even like these are guys that haven't played with each other before, really. That was just kind of weird. It, it was it – was, it, it was one of those games like shit happens. Sometimes 
your good players make a really, really bad play. And I think that that is clearly what happened to the Packers um, on on Sunday against the Vikings. Because, I mean, there's, there's, there's really no excuse to have someone as good as Justin Jefferson wide open on a crosser, but it happens. I mean, I, I know as a Falcons fan, like, if you go back to – was it 2019 or 2020? Probably 2019. The Cardinals played the Falcons in Arizona, and they literally just ran crossers the entire game. And the Cardinals and the Falcons defense didn't pick up one of them. It happens. I don't know. I will say the the crossers one is a little less frustrating because that is Russell Douglas playing in the slot for you know the first game in Green Bay. He hadn't done that before. He was mostly an outside corner with Chandon Sullivan in the middle. And they ran an outside post, so maybe he thought, you know, Stokes is going to be out there being able to help that or something like that. The the post shot is the one where I'm like, what the hell is going on there? <laughs> like, neither of those guys, like, if Madden made those animations, right, there'd be 500 retweets on someone posting that randomly on an account with, like, five followers on Twitter. It'd be so oh, yeah. absurd. Yeah. They'd be like, this yeah. game is broken. This is dumb. How, how does this work? So that one was just really unfortunate. I will say they did do a pretty good job of handling him second half. They only scored six points the entire second half. It was just – they got themselves into a hole pretty quickly. They went away from the run game. Um, one last thing before we really get into Vikings-Packers um, and, and kind of talking about what the Packers can do in this upcoming game. The uh, Bears look like they're like a true 4-3 defense now and they're running mm-hmm. a bunch of stunts with their defensive line. It seemed like that's kind of like what they wanted to do. And maybe that's something yeah. where it's like run game against a mobile quarterback on a weird surface, but that'll be interesting to watch. They have a, a, a rookie defensive end that kind of had a nice game. I don't know what his name is. Like the kid out of Miami, Ohio. Do you hear what yes. he said? I didn't hear what he said, but I watched him play today. He said uh, Trent Williams has a tell. He kicks his leg twice when he's going to go into a pass set. Well, I'm glad that he only has to play Trent Williams once this year. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was a guy that a lot of Packers fans kind of wanted uh, for, for you know, in the draft later rounds because we knew that we needed a pass rusher. We ended up getting Kingsley and Iqbari, who's uh, – I thought I thought he did okay um, in the preseason in week one. So Yeah, the Bears, the Bears guy, he had a play where he whipped McGlinchey's ass, like just got him hard on the inside and moved straight for the sack. Uh, is McGlin- where does McGlinchey rank on the uh, Jake Matthews scale of he, he's being overrated oh, because of his draft he, position? He, he's, he's definitely worse than Jake Matthews. Definitely yeah. worse than Jake. I think, I, think like, I, don't, I don't have a problem with Jake Matthews being my starting left tackle. I mean, my starting left tackle is Josh Ny- Nyman. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really talk. I mean, Nyman's pretty good for what he is, but it's just, you know, Dave Bakhtiari is still not out there. All right, let's talk uh, Green Bay Packers. Um, let's get into injury report. So as of right now, Thursday, Alan Lazard has practiced back-to-back days. He is limited with an ankle injury. Ellen Jenkins listed as, as limited too with a knee and a pec injury. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he goes because Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette reported on Sunday when it was when it uh, broke that that Bakhtiari and Owen Jenkins weren't going to be able to play against the Minnesota Vikings, he was saying that like the team might be conservative on bringing Jenkins back, which I thought was interesting. Um, the team is pretty clearly going to be uh, very conservative with David Bakhtiari today. Uh, Matt Lafleur said to the press that David Bakhtiari basically isn't going to practice back to back practices anymore. Um, he said, you know, basically the plan is one day on, one day off from here on forward, and I'm like. 
that's okay. really bad news then like is this yeah. indefinite is this just for this year like i don't know i mean the team still has I, I think he has like a 26 million dollar dead cap next year like they need him to perform it's not like they can just like move away from him after a playoff run this year they gave him the biggest contract an offensive tackle ever gotten at that point in 2020 and then he got hurt new year's uh new year's eve 2020 and we haven't really seen him since other than a couple of drives in the Detroit Lions game last season. So tough scene on the offensive. Really line. weird. Really weird. Um, weird. And I, and I, I don't know if it's just because I talk to you every day, but I'm kind of surprised that like this story hasn't gotten more attention from like national media, but I guess is well, you know, what? I don't have a place to post yet. So I guess I shouldn't say anything. National <laughs> media focus. I was about to say as the national media guy, maybe I should, you know, pick up on that, but. I, I will say it feels like one of the problems with national media is they just always assume coaches are telling the truth. I think which that's is one of the big silly. problems silly. with, especially with injuries. Like we heard all off season, like, Hey, Matthew Stafford went three months without throwing a football. He cannot throw a football. They're managing him. It's August. They're still managing him. They're going to have to manage him into the season. And the Rams are like, no, he's going to be all right. And everyone's like, yeah, dude, he's just going to be all right. And then week one happens and you're like, this guy's clearly hurt. This guy is not going to be okay the entire NFL season. It just seems like anytime there's offseason injuries or like injuries that last from one season to another, it always gets overlooked at the beginning of the year because the coaches are saying, no, they'll be fine. And it's not like they have any repercussions. Right, right. But why wouldn't they just lie? If you or me were head coach. We just I, would, I would lie all the I would lie all the time. 24-7. Your article's got nothing to do with my with what I'm doing over here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I would lie exactly. All the time. <laughs> uh beyond that, John Runyon Jr. at the left guard is still in concussion protocol. So there's a real chance Green Bay's four preferred starters on the offensive line outside of uh center Josh Myers, none of them are starting because Royce Newman would have to go from you know right guard to right tackle Elton Jenkins, who would be the right tackle is, is probably going to be out. David Bakhtiari, who's the left tackle is almost certainly going to be out. And then John running jr. If he's not past concussion protocol at this point, I, I would assume that he's probably not going to play. Zach Tom will come in replacement for him. Um, I mean, you're talking four, four backup offensive linemen and the spread in this game is Packers minus 10. It opened nine and a half. I'm looking on Vison's stats right now. It says on DraftKings, 77% of the money is on the Packers covering the spread. Kind, okay. of, kind of risky to me. That line is too high for me. Yeah. I, I think the Packers win, but like they're still working through a lot of issues. Okay. Let me ask you this. Is there someone that you fear on the Bears defensive line, or do you just live generally in fear of every defensive line with the Packers offensive line as it is now? Quinn? Quinn? Quinn's a good one. Quinn is the only one, I would argue. <laughs> like, the linebackers are good. I was surprised by Brisker playing well uh, in week one. And, again, the surface. He had, not, he had a, a preseason, a, too. He was playing really aggressive. And I think that's something that translates no matter what the surface looks like. Um, it's not really the front end that worries me. But, yeah, I, I worry about a couple of guys. But it's, it's mostly uh, Quinn at this point. The one thing the Packers did do really well last game and I was actually kind of surprised by it and you're talking about the Chicago Bears offense was really weird because they're not really like pulling any of these guards or anything they're just hitting inside stuff that's that's basically what the Packers did last year I mean it was inside zone outside zone duo they really don't pull anyone 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the opener, they didn't run the ball that much, and even made it a point, like Lafleur said, uh, after the game and you know throughout this week, like, hey, our best two skill players are probably our running backs. Like, we need to get them way more touches than what we did in, in this past game. They were able to run a bunch of pin and pull stuff, and they really might have gotten like I, I think it would have been like four pin and pull plays for probably like 40 plus yards. I mean, they were getting the Vikings pretty good on some of them. So it'll be interesting to see if they keep doing that with backup guards. I mean, Jake Hansen was a guy I don't think most people thought was going to make the team uh, around probably draft time. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he should have based on what I saw. On <laughs> but so, so he's sorry, there. Jake, if you listen to this, <laughs> no, that, that's more than fine. I, I don't, I, I thought Tom should have gotten in at, right tackle and Newman kicked in at right guard um, based off of how Hanson played in the preseason, but they're out there with Tom, you know, off the bench and Hanson at right guard, who's, you know, an underdog to even make this team at this point. And they were still able to run those pin and pull plays. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if they keep doing that sweep stuff. And when you get uh, AJ Dillon out on the edge, he's nasty. He's Sorry. Nasty. I, I, I got distracted. Chris Jones had a, a nasty move sack on the third down yeah we're watching the chiefs charges uh there's a night football with a uh, former yeah. soccer jk scott yeah i was i made a, i made a comment during the before the game or like right as the game started like oh they got chris jones chris jones and matt filer and matt filer just gave him a terrible terrible sack it's a tough one yeah um it's a tough one. green Bay packers i think i think their defense is going to do fine in this game i don't think justin fields is there yet Still a young quarterback. I think you'll get your chances against him. I think the Bears' offensive line is really bad still. Um, oh yeah, they he were starting getting... a fifth round rookie at left tackle. Yeah, and he he got beat up by by Nick Bosa. And I know Green Bay doesn't necessarily have a Nick Bosa, but they have a Rashawn Gary, and that's probably good enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably good enough to to change the game. I mean, I'm that's the matchup I'm going to be looking at throughout the game. Um, I I just feel like. This Packers team is probably due for a bounce back. Did you watch the All-22? Um, I watched a little bit of the All-22. I definitely watched, like, the normal broadcast. So. Christian Watson could have had 180 yards. Oh. <laughs> the drop was so funny. Okay, the because – The drop was bad. And the, the drop was bad. And I feel like, to me, like, when that drop happened, after, like, from every play they're on, at least, like, every passing play, I felt like I was watching – I don't remember if it feels like the last year of McCarthy – or the first year before where Rogers was just like dirting all the RPOs and the screens like, fuck this. Like, I'm not even going to try on these plays. Cause it, to me, it felt like after the Watson drop, what Rogers was like, Oh, I, I'm not here today. We're going to try again next week. Uh, Cause to me, like, I don't, I don't think, I, like, I don't think that was Rogers' best game, but I also don't feel like he was like mentally dialed in after that drop. No. I mean, that interception to Cobb was just like, Fuck it. Fuck it, yeah. And then you look at him on the sideline, and he's yelling about Robert Tunyon and going, like, you have to fucking block. And it's like, oh, I've seen this before. Yeah, yeah I mean. He's, he's done today. <laughs> he's working, again, preferred starters. There's not a single one at guard and tackle, probably, that's mm-hmm. going to play in this Bears game. Wide receivers, really, I mean, with Lazard out, right, at the very least, like, who does he have chemistry with? Randall Cobb? Pretty much it. Randall Cobb, Mari Rogers is on the bench. He'll tell you yeah. that himself. <laughs> Wait, he spoke on that. And then tight end, you know, uh, Robert Tunyon is coming back from injury, hasn't played in months, right? So 
I think it was, was kind of expected. I think they're due for a bounce back. Christian Watson, again, could have had 180 yards. He was wide open on digs. Rodgers just like, for some reason, just not reading the coverages. And we've seen it before. I mean, we saw it at the end of the year. We saw it in Detroit in week 17. Um, who knows if that was a preparation thing. It felt like we saw that against San Francisco um, in the playoff game where it was just like he has, you know, Alan Lazard running a wide open cross. He's just trying to force feed it to Devontae. And then again, to your point, end of the McCarthy era and that first year with LeFleur where he just dirts balls and he's like, that's not what you guys were supposed to run. And it's just like, <laughs> just kills a play. He's just like, no, I'm, I'm done. We're not running a play. You guys aren't doing it right. So, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe we should have known he was commentary like this whole time. Does McCarthy have a point? Look, McCarthy's coming back. I, I'm I'm excited for it. McCarthy's coming back week 10. That's supposed to be the week that Dak Prescott comes back. So we're going to get Dak uh, Prescott. Jerry has his way. He'll be back well before that. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Jerry's, Jerry's like, no, I are. No, I are. No, Dak, I are. you're fine. You're He'll fine. be good. Oh, I'm, I actually have a question of like, is Mike McCarthy still going to be the head coach in week 10? That's what Dude, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I would say this. I don't think there's like, by week 10, I don't think there's like a non-zero chance that Dan Quinn is the head coach of that team auditioning to be the head coach for 2023 gross they do they they really like him around there um i believe it i mean that's his rap in atlanta too right they're like players coach yeah and the thing is the thing is like i think that (laughs) look i would have a lot of questions based on last year's performance that dallas defense can do it again but the first week you held brady to 19 points they're still feeling pretty good about what dan quinn's doing there even though you know I think I'm I'm still kind of waiting for the wheels to fall off a little bit. Let's uh let's get predictions in. I don't think ten is right. I don't think ten is right. Give me. I don't think the Packers' offense is clicking either. Give me like twenty-one, fourteen Packers. Um, I think. You think the Bears score 14? See, that's my thing. <laughs> you, you think it's 10-0? 10-0 and it pushes? So I, I can see like 24 to 10. Okay. That's fair. 24 to 24 to 10 is going to be my, my, my guess. I cover the spread. Okay. All right. We're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the uh, other games that were played in week one. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. All right. So other things happen in the NFL. Every NFC contender's offensive line is bad now. How am I supposed to feel about this as a Packers fan who may or may not have Bakhtiari and Jenkins coming back this year? You should feel okay. Uh, look, it was it was like there was. I feel like the offensive line play was kind of like at, at least in the Falcons game for sure that I watched. Kind of like Twilight Zone because I watched that game and I couldn't believe how well the Falcons off the line played for the most part like blowing guys off the line and I thought they were terrible and the Saints off of the line like they really didn't do jack until like the last you know few minutes of the game so maybe this is like a, a good omen like all the good NFC teams right now poor off of the line play and maybe just in general or maybe 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 the real takeaway is the NFC is just really not that good this year and especially with Dak getting hurt I don't really know what to make I mean, conference as a whole. I can be convinced Chargers, Chiefs, Bills are the three best teams in football, and they're all in the AFC. And I can be convinced that pretty early or pretty easily. Mm-hmm. You look at the Rams. The Rams had a terrible performance up front against the Bills, and then it came out like their left tackle and center is hurt. So put insult into injury. Um, you look at San Francisco. I thought San Francisco's interior was a question mark coming into the year. I thought that was probably one of their biggest weaknesses. I thought – you know, it's tough in those circumstances, but I thought that, that was kind of a, a tentative box that was checked against Chicago. I mean, it's not like they were able to move the ball down the field and run and trap and stuff. Um, Tampa, those guys keep going down with injuries. Dallas yeah. is destroyed, just decimated as a football team in general. The two teams that I thought had really good offensive lines actually played against each other, Philadelphia and Detroit, and they put up a ton of points. I mean, they put up both, a ton both of those points. Both those rushes, yeah, both those Dude, I saw something DeAndre Swift this past weekend. He averaged 9.6 yards before contact. Yeah. And he has no, he has like negative ball carrier vision. A if first ever, down. If they ever uh, get, get him the Jameis, uh, what do you call it? What's the surgery on LASIK, your LASIK, 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 LASIK surgery. If they get yeah. DeAndre Swift the LASIK, he could be, he could be trouble. He could be trouble. But yeah, I mean, I think those offensive lines are, are really strong, and then you look at the rest of the NFC, and it's like I don't really think there's anything else out there. I mean, Green no, Bay really once they much. get healthy, I mean, I kind of understand why they're like we're going to take a long term view because you look at Tampa, you look at Los Angeles, it's like, well, who else is really our competition at this point? Do you think the Eagles are going to come into uh, Lambeau and beat them? I don't, I don't think so. So I don't know. Oh, no, if we saw the package from Sunday, who knows? Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> Look, Sunday will even, will even be in the playoffs. I don't know. Lizard will be back. What are the games okay, funny? What's your what's your like prediction for the Packers this year? Like after you see Sunday, does that change how you feel at all? Yeah, I think they drop like two more dumb games. They lose to Tampa and they lose to Buffalo. So what's that? Twelve and five. Sure, still pretty good. Yeah, lock me into twelve and five. Yeah, they'll, they'll win the North. I think I don't think Minnesota played that well, honestly. I don't. I don't think they did either. Um, I think really don't. Honestly, I, that pass rush is good though. As a yeah, the pass rush is good, but as the person who doesn't give a shit about the Packers or the Vikings, I honestly thought that the, 
the Packers just played poorly more than the Vikings played all that well. Yeah. Kirk didn't just like throw one up though, which sucked. Kirk right. usually is good for throwing one or two up. Maybe the post shot was throwing one up and like, yeah, that, that thing, was I, just... I was really about to say that. I think that kind of was his throwing one up. That was throwing one up. And he was like, holy crap. I can't believe that actually worked. Um, yep. Elsewhere in the league, we were pretty firm on the like, why are you ranking Joe Burrow as a top five quarterback conversation? Yes. And that one, the, the other shoe dropped there finally. Yeah. Well, it was just weird that, that, for the Bengals Super Bowl run that Joe Burrow was getting all the credit for that when their offense didn't play well for like four games in a row. <laughs> they got they got carried there by the defense. They set they the made Patrick, record for sacks. Yeah. And and they in the AFC championship game, they made Patrick Mahomes look like Blaine Gabbert, like a loser. So I don't I don't really know why Joe Burrow got all the credit for that, but you know, I I I, I gotta be honest, I wasn't expecting, you know, five turnovers, but I think the funny part in that game is so if you if you take away the the Minka Fitzpatrick interception that uh, they had, the Steelers they turned the ball over four times, or they got four they got four turnovers off Burrow minus the interception, and they only scored sixteen points on offense the entire game, and basically five quarters of play. That's that's brutal offense. Like that's terrible to watch. Terrible. Not good. You need you five turnovers and you scored 23 points. And one of those and seven of those 23 points for defensive touchdown. That's crazy. That's crazy. I'm looking at the uh, schedule with just like other things to note. Um, Cleveland, Carolina, my only fantasy take this entire uh, offseason was like, I can't believe you guys are drafting Christian McCaffrey so high. Yeah, I, I couldn't either. <laughs> like he and had then, 600 yards in two years combined. Dude, okay, because, you know, in our little group chat, I remember there, I was I was with you. I was like, I can't believe that this they're Christian, Christian McCaffrey getting drafted this high. He played 10 games of the last 33. 10 of the last 33. He had 33 rushing yards in uh, in neutral in neutral snaps. Do you want to guess the percentage of passes the Carolina Panthers had? 84. It was 80. It was 80 something. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> so I, that, was, that was a total guess, but that was just from like, I, I watched like the condensed version and dude, they don't, it didn't even really seem like they wanted to give the ball to him. And no. uh, yeah. And that was my thing. Like I, I was, I was, remember I was going through fancy drafts and I was like, I cannot believe that Chris McCaffrey's going first in these drafts. We haven't seen him play football barely for two seasons. I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. Andy Houston tied. Funny. Funny to me. I like that. Yeah. Jim Murphy I think it gets to sacrifice one Colts player after every loss now. We got Carson oh, yeah. Wentz last offseason. Now it's Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah. And if he, if we repeat the if we repeat the performance next week, it'll be uh Alec Pierce. Dude, Alec Pierce dropped a dime from Matt Ryan on in the end zone. And, and then he had the uh, day later concussion uh, symptoms. Ollie, I haven't. I don't think I've ever the lost seen a Kali reboot. <laughs> the day after concussion symptoms, it's like okay. Um, I shouldn't say that little Austin Kali reboot. I lost a lot of money on the Jets and the Cardinals. That was really dumb. I blame you as a friend for for telling me or for not telling me to not tease those teams. Why would I? I would never tell. I, I would never known. tell you. Okay. Look, you should have you, you should have known and reached out to me and been like, I know you want to tease the Jets, don't do it. When I when I try to tease Cooper Rush, at some point this month, 
you have to step in. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, it, it, I was just looking at the uh, for, for you know for those of you who listen to this podcast that don't live in New York City, watching football here is fucking awful. Like it's awful because we're tapped into the Giants and the Jets so hard that like last week I didn't get the Packers Vikings game, but it actually ended up being okay. I ended up getting the Giants Titans game because. Uh, I live in New York, and this week I get like what Bengals, Cowboys, Jets, Browns, and then Giants, Panthers. Gross. It's not good. It's not good stuff, man. So if you're if you don't live in New York, like I just want you to know, you are living a much better football watching existence than like the eight million people I live here. Well, if you're smart, you spoofed your location. So mm. some of us do that to uh, get Madison area uh Packers broadcasts like family night and then chart them and then get made fun of by people like Charles McDonald on twitter.com um Monday night football last game we'll talk about Denver Seattle that was a fun one Cheeto came out he completed like 18 in a row or something like that I, I think it was like 16 of 18 but hilarious Hackett had no idea what the hell was going on at the end I think I think Russ just takes entirely too long to get out of the pocket. I legit think that like they were trying to run a play there and then they called a timeout and we're like, well, oh no, no. Down. they you think they were trying to run a play there? Yeah. But they were just standing there for like 40 seconds. Russ Russ is giving the wide receiver hand signals. Yeah, but I thought they were just fucking around. I don't know. They took all night to get out of the huddle. Every like throughout the night. Okay, okay, but even if even if that's the case, well, well, maybe this is true. I was about to ask, like, is Nate Hackett so incompetent that he wouldn't see his offense being discombobulated and just called one of his three timeouts at the end of that game? He hasn't been a – he hasn't managed games, though. No, he had – right. And it, like, right. So he, he wasn't say, like, a play caller in Green Bay. He went from, you know, essentially, like, in terms of game day preparation, sure, like, before – before they actually go on the field on Sundays, like he's an offensive coordinator. But once they get into play calling and stuff, he wasn't that. He wasn't managing timeouts or anything like that in Green Bay. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. after, after the after the game, he was like, no, yeah, like we felt good about him kicking it there. And then my thing was like, wait wow. a day and was like, that was actually a really dumb idea. I want to take that back. I did not actually want to set the outdoor kicking uh, field goal length record. In that situation, but, but see, the thing is, like on fourth and five, like, you had the chance to go for it without burning a timeout too. Like if you get, if you have, you a could have just ready, thrown an out route. I've seen Rodgers right. do it a hundred times. Right, right. And even, and even if you don't get it, you, you've got your three timeouts to try to get the ball back. See if you can do uh, that. That that shit was crazy to me. Um, and you know, my my question that I was going to pose if I had anywhere to post this was going to be. What is the fewest amount of football games that you would have to watch to know that you would have to call a timeout in that scenario right there with three? What is the fewest amount? Two, three? So I don't know about football games to watch, but definitely, like, if you if you just, like, threw a 12-year-old in a room with a PS5 and were like, play Madden for a day. From this point. Would, yeah, and like play online games and like see how people react. I think they would have figured it out by the end of the day. You, you think it would take that long? I don't know. I said a twelve-year-old. You had th- okay. My, my my I the thing that I keep getting caught up is is 
the amount of timeouts. You have three of them. It's not like this is your last time out and you're like wishy-washy and like, oh shit, like if I burn this, we're done. No, even if you burn that, you have two left. You, you there was a there was a video on Twitter where they they did paid Manning from the Manning cast, like how many counted, times he called like he 60 hit. times or something. Yeah, he, he hit it 62 times. Oh my god, Herbert by just won a hundred yard pick six. Oh my god. Oh bummer. Bummer. Yeah. Geno Smith looks good. I was excited for that. Our buddy uh, Steven Ruiz for the ringer got a lot of heat for ranking Geno Smith like 22nd or something in his quarterback rankings. I feel like all of our friends are somehow Geno pilled. So we were all. I'm, I'm not Geno pilled. I, I would like Gino to declare pilled? I'm not Geno pilled. You're the one of us who is not Geno pilled. I have, are you actually. I have, no, are you Geno pilled? No, I think he's an unconscious quarterback who makes a lot of wow throws because he just like does not care about what's surrounding him in the pocket. That also leads to him like taking shots in the head. And mm-hmm. I think I don't know if you could start him 16 games. So but they're I think about he's, to. He's an okay. Well, well, but what about 17 games? <laughs> I don't think you can start 17. I I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting yeah. that there's an extra one. Um I had a funny moment with my grandma. Oh uh Enya FL. Happy Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah. The uh, NFL put out the Enya FL uh graphic, which I thought was wild. I thought it looked it was like insane. a Taco Bell menu. Dude. It looked like a Taco Bell menu. It was <laughs> absurd. It was absurd. As in uh, Hispano Arrante, I was like, "What the what the heck is going on with this?" My grandma had a funny thing. So my grandma, um, born in Mexico, right, doesn't speak very much English. She's been here since the seventies. She ends up watching like Wheel of Fortune, the news, and sports, right? Because they're like the things that you can like watch on TV. And don't like need to understand English really, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Wheel of Fortune, like uh, or Price is Right, not Wheel of Fortune. Price is Right, right, right. Um, so she she watches the Seahawks. She's a big Seahawks fan because she, she gets the games up there in Oregon. She's mad about Russell Wilson leaving. After the game, she immediately calls me when uh, Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf are doing their little jersey exchange, and she's like, "What is Russell Wilson? Why is he taking his jersey off? You changing teams again? Traitor." <laughs> Trader, I was like, "Wow, wow!" I take. She was ready for the season. Yeah, excited. Abuela, uh, Maria Mosqueda is a saint. Do you have any other thoughts on uh, week one of the season? Um, not really. All right, I guess. Okay, my question for you before we get out of here: How much stock do we put into the Rams' performance on, on Thursday? I think a lot. Stafford looks hurt. The offensive line looks bad, and I don't think that that's going to get fixed anytime soon. So I think a lot. How do you feel about the Rams being favored by 10 over Atlanta? Too many? That's way too many. I'd take Atlanta in that spot. I saw Atlanta look like a half-decent football team for they, they did. at least 40 to 50 quarter, 40 to 50 I, minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I was about to say at least like 85% of that game. Were yeah. My son, Marcus. My son, Marcus Mariota, is doing Dude, great things. He's, He's going to be fine when he learns when he realizes he can just slide. Like, just slide, dude. You don't need to be Derrick Henry every time you, you see a linebacker. Just slide. I'm excited. I wanted him in Green Bay. I want that on the record that I wanted him in Green Bay if uh, if Rogers retired. That my two yeah. backup plans were call Marcus Mariota or try to figure out how to get Derek Carr for cheap because I think those were the two underrated quarterbacks like in the league and. Yeah, Mark Marcus can he can still play a little bit. I mean, I thought he played better than Jameis for the vast majority of that game. So, 
he played better than Jameis for the vast majority of his career until he hurt his elbow so bad that he could no longer grip a football. And they were yeah. still playing him in football in NFL games. So everyone uses that against them. Yeah. Also, also Arthur Smith, like this offense that he's running with Marcus now is not even close to the same thing they were running. No, they were running a line. bunch of pistol, right? Yeah. Every time yeah. that they would come in red zone, it was just pistol, pistol, pistol. They're heavy, they're a heavy, heavy pistol team, man. So it's cool. All right. Well, we'll let you out of here. Um, keep it tuned to the feed. We'll recap the game on Sunday. We'll have all the injury reports and stuff like that up on Acme Packing Company, uh, the website. Um, I'm going to have a breakdown on the Packers pin and pull stuff if you guys want to check that out. Uh, that will probably run on Friday afternoon. Um, really hope we see some of that against the Chicago Bears because those running backs need touches, and I need this team to win. 0-2, the 0-2 stone. We always talk about this every year. If you start 0-2, there's like a 10% chance that you end up making the playoffs. Packers need to win. And I know the season is longer, and I know the bad teams are usually the ones to go 0-2, but it does kick you in the nuts a little bit to start the season 0-2. You get six games to lose in the NFL season. Using two up in two weeks is a pretty bad way to start. Yeah, I saw uh, last note, or second to last note, um, I saw someone yesterday, I don't remember who tweeted it out, but you know, last year was the first year we had 17 games and none of the teams that started owning to make the playoffs last year. So I, I think we're, we're safe in using that trend for the 17 game schedule. That's my second last point. And my last point, subscribe to the exemplist, Charles McDonald. I'll tell you where it's coming on Monday, but the podcast is officially coming back. I don't know if that's breaking news because I haven't really shared that with anybody, but exemplist officially coming back where I'm working, which I'll tell you guys on Monday. The 19th. Yay! Applause. Go pack go. <laughs>